0: and be seated I appreciate the Lord today and the working of the Spirit of God I'm going to tell you my heart is really sad today to close this meeting this has been one of the most word rich workings of the Spirit of God from just service to service to service that I've been in in a long, long time. I mean, the Word's just been wonderful. And I don't believe it's going to be any different today. And I'm going to read a scripture here in just a minute, but uh, I want to do something right here. Brother, would you mind standing up? Now, I know your name's Nick, and I guess that's about all people need to know. But in 2010, this man came to our tent meeting down in Collinsville. Uh, His back was in real bad shape. And you were going to have to have surgery, right? already Already had it scheduled. And I prayed the prayer of faith for him, and God healed him. And he told me this morning, he said, I never had surgery. And he said, I've never had any more trouble out of my back. So God moved for him. Uh, I'd never seen him before, didn't know anything about him. He's a a good friend of Brother Jason, Warden. And uh, I think y'all, did y'all work together somewhere? Y'all just good friends? We met in Sunday school when I was eight. Okay. All right. So, been a while. while. But his wife wrote me a letter this morning. Uh, She's suffering with congestive heart failure. She really wanted to come. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this prayer cloth in his hand and pray for him. And I believe God's going to heal her. I do. Just like God heals your back. There's no distance in prayer. Amen. There's no distance in prayer. I got a lady right now in Arkansas that I just talked to her brother. He contacted. He's wanting me to pray for her. She's young, probably in her 30s. Uh, and they diagnosed her with liver cancer. And I just reached out to him this morning and I said, When you're back around or call me. Uh I'm gonna pray the prayer of faithful. See, I don't have to be in church, pray the prayer of faith. I don't I don't have to be in church. We had uh just eaten yesterday and we were sitting out on the patio at the house where we're staying, and my wife had been suffering with some kind of strain or stress or pinched over something in her back for weeks. And the Spirit of the Lord just fell on me. I mean, we're sitting there talking about things of the Lord, and the Spirit of the Lord fell on me. And I just told her to raise her hands, spoke the Word of God to her, and God healed her. I mean, she'd been suffering with it. And it got better, and then it pulled again, and y'all. And so I don't have to be in service. That's so what I'm telling y'all. Christ is here. You don't have to be in church. The majority of the ministry that Jesus and the apostles had was in the streets. It was in the marketplace. It was in homes. In the name of Jesus. I speak healing into that heart. I oh yeah. command a creative Restoration, miracle in Jesus' In Jesus' name, be made whole. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You take that, you give it to her, you just tell her, to put it on her. And I believe she's going to be all right. I do. I believe she's going to be all right. And... Sister Patty, I just want you to come and say something. Uh, I love and appreciate Brother Michael and Sister Patty. And, you know, when the Lord told us to leave here, He spoke to me to pray for them to pastor this church. And that's what I've done, because I believe it was the mind of the Spirit. Now I got confidence and how God uses them and how their lives are dedicated to the Lord. Well, Brother Metter, you just don't know what I know. Well, let me tell you something. We all make mistakes, we all got flesh. And you can't. Does the Bible not teach us to no, know no man after the flesh? But you've got to look at the working of the Spirit in people's lives. I get upset, I get angry, I've got faults. But I've also got places in my life where God moves and speaks and heals and delivers. You don't need to be tarrying on. My God, 13 years ago, I seen Brother Meadow get so upset. Well, good for you. Ain't you something special? Those kind of things right there will trip you up. You know, I heard a preacher say one time, and I was young in the Lord, he said, It doesn't matter how much good you do. It doesn't matter how many people you help, how God uses you, how many people are healed or the delivered or set free, or how many lives you touch. He said, People are going to remember the one bad thing. If you make a mistake, mess up, they won't remember all the good God's worked through you, but they won't remember the one bad thing. Ain't that sad? Ain't that sad? LaDana right there, she got saved by me. She's 14, 15 years old. God delivered her mama from a nervous breakdown. Was with her sister all through the army in Germany and Korea. and Been a great blessing to her family. And She was in my tent. She seen many, many, many miracles. many Much deliverance. And I think it was in Tupelo. And the Spirit of God fell on her. And she got in the altar. And the Spirit of God fell on her so strong. It was the last night of the meeting, and we always break down the tent, the platform, sound chairs and everything after the service so we can load the platform and everything the next day. And we took everything out of the tent, all the chairs, sound system, loaded everything up, got the platform where we can take it down next morning. She's still sitting there caught up in spirit. And when she came come to herself about two and a half hours later, she was just looking around wondering what happened. But I went to her and I told her, I said, I just won't tell you, so you'll know that this word in me is right. I said, there's a lady in your church fixing to die. And I said, it's not a judgment. It's not wrath. I said, it's just a sign to you that it's her time to go home. And the Lord's fixing take her home. About three months it happened, didn't it? Good woman. Matter of fact, she's the one who brought y'all to the tent a couple of years before. And the Lord just told me to tell her, say God's fixing to bear a sign that I talked to this man and I'm with him. And the Lord bore that sign. And it sealed her to this word. Because she knew when I spoke to her by the Spirit of God, it was right. So... You got to know them that labor among you. And what my wife was saying, if you're a member of this church and you need counsel, you got two pastors. You got two pastors. Because I've seen people go to different people other than their pastors and get wrong counsel and mess their lives up. Because if you're going to get counsel from somebody, you be sure the ministry's proven. You be sure the word of the Lord in them is proven, Brother Andy. Be sure it's steadfast. You look at their lives, be sure that word in them is steadfast. That's what your pastors are here for, is to guide you and direct you and to help you. And I know some of y'all came to Brother Michael, and you knew him before he got saved. You knew him before he accepted the call of God on his life. And you may have seen him get upset and aggravated, but we're all still flesh. But that don't that don't change the God in Him. That don't change where God's taking Him. I tell you, I've, I've seen God use Him, seen God change Him, seen it, and, and He called me uh, right before the elder George Bush died. He said, "Brother Metter," he said, "God gave me a dream." He said, "I believe." He said, "I don't know which one it is, but the Lord told me for uh, what did he tell you? Former President Bush fixing to die." He says it's going to be a sign of a move of God. And y'all, you know, that just happened not too long back. So, God's bearing signs. And when God bears signs like this, you got to know. Amen? you got to know. We, we are at the door of the greatest visitation any generation's ever had since the day of Pentecost. And what God is going to do in us and is beginning to do in us will be... A restoring of what he done at Pentecost, but we're going beyond. We're going past that. Because it's time for the that was the foundation of the church. It's time for the church to grow. Move forward. Amen. I'm like, come on, sister Patty.
1: I just want to thank him this morning. I love him. I praise him for what he's done. You know, it's just been a restoring, a restoration in my soul. And I mean for us, you know, sometimes we don't realize I think I'd go down a little bit, uh, you know. Uh, as we come in here, uh, minister, and I might not always take the mic, but even at that, there's still things that it, that we put out. So it's good to come in and just sit in the be able to, to receive all this week. And I'm just, want, i to mean, praise the poor, just for a little I mean, that the other day. Um, well, since the service has started, uh, or these meetings, I'll say this: uh, we've been having okay, been having these chest pains. And I, I and they've been coming and going, and especially when I get down, and and the Lord, especially when the Lord really gets on me, and, and in prayer and all, and I'm just like, all right, Lord, His time, this thing's got to go, because you know, at, in the past, I think it's been several, several months ago, Lord, had used me, uh, the ministry was during, I think during some of our prayer meetings, we was, had started coming having through the week, and after the Lord had used me one night, I went home, collapsed on my kitchen floor. And I told Michael, I said I could see myself laying on that floor. I said the only thing I heard, I said Michael started praying. I, did, I he had to start praying. I heard the name Jesus. And I'm telling you, it's like I went right back into my body land. I came right. I mean, and I thought I was laying flat on the. I thought my face was on the floor. And I come to because I'm telling you, I saw I saw me laying there. I'm telling you the other night, that uh, he was praying for people, and I just kept feeling to go up and let him pray for him. And I'm telling you, it was like I felt like a hand, Lisa, come and massage my heart. I've never felt that. It's just like I think you I think you even spoke when he was praying about when I drank a glass of that water with my kidney stones. I'm telling you, I felt a hand go in and massage that heart. I've never felt that in my life, Linda. And I'm telling you, since then, I've been down praying, I ain't had a pain, ain't had nothing, nothing has messed with my heart. His pastor. So I'm telling you, your wife is going to be made whole. When he was up here praying, the Lord brought it back to me. Mama, I thought that thought back, and I thought, my God, the same way he touched me here, it didn't matter the distance. I'm telling you, he is going to do that for your wife. So you just hold on with it. No matter, I'm telling you, no matter how it looks, no matter how she feels, you claim, you keep on, you claim that victory for her. Because I'm telling you, it is done.
0: Hallelujah. Sister Patty, I think when I ministered to you, I'd have to go back and listen. But I said, I see a hand coming down. And I say God placing His hand on your heart. I believe that's what I told you when I ministered to you. But when I wait on the working of the Spirit of God, this gift don't miss. I mean, it just don't miss. And I want to uh, read a couple of scriptures to you. And... I want to go to Joshua, the 8th chapter. But the Word of the Lord came to me about 2.30 this morning. Woke me up, and I got up. Started reading my Bible and reading the Word for about an hour. I read the Word. And God put this Word in my spirit, and I'm still waiting for the Lord to show me how He wants me to deliver it. I can speak it. I can preach it. I can prophesy it. It's just going to depend on the working of the Spirit of God. But, I want, the reason I'm going to read these scriptures is this right here. This is something the Lord showed me back in December of last year. That's why I'm going to read these scriptures. Don't worry, I ain't going to throw it at nobody. Not yet, anyway. But, In Joshua 8, in verse 18. And the Lord said unto Joshua, Stretch out the spear that is in thy hand toward Ai. For I will give it into thy hand. Joshua stretched out the spear that he had in his hand toward the city. You can go ahead and read the rest of it, but I'm going down to verse 26. For Joshua drew not his hand back, wherewith he stretched out the spear, until he had utterly destroyed all the inhabitants of Ai. I was up about 5, I believe it was December the 18th, it was somewhere in there. I always rise early. It just depends on when the Lord wakes me up. Sometimes at 2.30. Sometime it can be 3.30. But most time by 4.30 or 5, I'm out of bed studying the Word and praying. And I was reading the Bible that morning. I was reading in the book of Joshua. I always read my Bible through chronologically about three or four times a year. And then I study wherever the Lord takes me. But the Lord, when I read this scripture, something really stood out in my spirit. And I went on down and read how Joshua held that spear out through that whole battle. You know, Moses held the rod of God up and his hand got tired and Aaron and her went and got him a big rock and set him down on it, and one got on his right hand, one got on his left, held his hand up, and as long as that rod was up, the battle prevailed. If they let his hand down, the enemy started winning. But as long as that word of the Lord in that rod was up, Israel prevailed. And so I read that, and then I continued on reading the Scripture, and I got down there, to that last verse I just read, and it said, Joshua held the spear. The whole time that battle was going on, he held that spear out. And when I read that, the Lord took me into the spirit, and I saw Joshua holding that spear out, and the scene changed, brother Josh, and I saw myself holding that spear, and the Lord told me, He said, you get a spear as a sign That I'm fixing to spearhead a last day deliverance move of God. And he said it's going to come through this gospel of the kingdom thats that I'm revealing to you and is being declared. So that's what this spear is for. It's just a sign. I won't throw it at you unless you really aggravate me. But it's just a sign that God put in my spirit. And I don't care whether you believe it or not. You don't have to believe it. I believe it. And that's all that matters. The word of the Lord came to me. And I believe it. And I'm going to tell you something. I let a lady in a meeting. I was getting ready to pray for the sick. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, you get that spirit and you let her take hold of it. And when she took hold of it, the spirit of the Lord hit her. And she had heart trouble. Been struggling with her heart. I mean, in her 80s. And Lord healed her in that meeting right there. You remember that? Y'all were there. I don't let anybody touch these things. I keep the cover on them. If I ask them to go get them or something, then they, they got the cover on them. But when it's like this, I don't even pick it up unless I feel the Spirit of God. Because I reverence the things God puts in my life. I reverence them. And I honor God. And I try to be respectful. Amen? I try to be respectful to what God puts in my life. Because I've seen it work too many times. When the Lord spoke to me in 1984, I was preaching in coming Georgia in a tent on the fairgrounds. And the Lord told me, said, You go cut your staff. And you start using it." And I went out in the woods and cut a hickory, skinned it down. And... Used it that way for a long time. But I'm going to tell you, I've seen many people heal with that staff. I've seen God turn tornadoes. I've seen God stop destruction. I've seen God work miracles with it when I feel the unction of the Holy Ghost. See, I don't do anything in myself. Because you can't. You can't. Just like when you was telling me right back there about your back, I knew you wanted me to pray for you right then. But I didn't feel it. I didn't feel that unction. I did not feel that unction. But here about two or three months ago now, I can't remember what date it was, but I was, again, I was studying about 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning. And as I was sitting there reading my Bible, The voice of the Lord spoke in here and he said, Let us make man in our image and in our likeness. All those words are plural, they ain't singular. So that started running through my spirit. Brother Andy, I told the Lord, I said, I've heard theories. I've heard doctrines of men. I said, I don't want to know no theories. I don't want to know no doctrines of men. I don't even want to dwell on them. Because I've heard them for over 40 years. People trying to explain what God was talking about. So I just sitting there, just waiting on the Lord. Just kept on reading and reaching out. About 15, 20 minutes. The Spirit of God spoke, Said so there were Three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. He said, that is the us. He said, that's the us. And he said, I am the Father. He said, when something is my will, And I give that unction and the word speaks it. He said, the Holy Ghost creates it. And that's the us of God. It ain't three, it's one. The Father rules, He reigns, He dictates His will. What did He do in the beginning? See, people read the Bible and it says in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. They think that's the beginning of God. No, that's the beginning the Bible's the beginning of God's relationship with man. It has nothing to do with God. God has no beginning, he has no end. God is, always has been, and always will be. When he said in the beginning, he means in his beginning of his relationship with man. So in the beginning, it was the mind and the will of the Father to create the heaven and the earth. So the Word spoke it, and the Holy Ghost created. Amen? The Holy Ghost created. So the Lord just put it all together. And when, I think I brought this out the other day, but in... uh. Two years ago, when Logan was born in May, they had to put him in an infant ICU for a few days because he's having some problems, and I was down on my knees praying. I'd done gone back home. My wife stayed with Christopher and Whitney and Patty, and I, I went back home, and I was on my knees praying that morning. And I heard the voice of the Lord speak. And he said, the Holy Ghost does nothing of itself. Said said, it's it's got to have directive. It's got to be given commandments. It's got to be told what to do. Then I saw that word. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was void and without form. And darkness or blackness was on the face of the deep. And the spirit moved. And God said, well, when God says, the word says. The Word says, let there be light in the Holy Ghost, created. And I called Lisa, and I says, is Christopher there? She said, no, he would be here in a few minutes. I said, tell him to call me. So there's talking about two or three weeks in the hospital for Logan. I said... I told him what the Lord spoke to me. I said, you get in prayer. You and Whitney get in prayer. I said, "When you, whatever Logan needs, I said, when you feel the unction of the Holy Ghost, speak it. And I said, God's going to bring it to pass. How long was he in the hospital? Four days. And they was talking 14 plus before he'd be ready to come home. Four days. Because when something come up, they went to prayer. And see, you've got to wait to that unction. When you feel that unction, you know it's the will of the Father. When the unction comes and then you speak the Holy Ghost is going to do it. That's the us of God. It's living right here. Because the full, the fullness of it now lives in Christ Jesus and Christ Jesus lives in here. Amen. There's a measure of your Spirit right here. Fullness ain't there yet but it's to be. Because I'm fighting for it. I'm pressing for it. That's the mark I'm pressing for. Amen. And the darkness that was on the face of the deep wasn't natural darkness. Spiritual darkness. It was spiritual darkness. And when the Lord said, let there be light, the Spirit moved and brought forth spiritual light. Because what God wasn't going to create man and bring him forth in spiritual darkness. So He... Go ahead and read your Bibles. God didn't create the sun, the moon, and the stars to the fourth day. Now, what's you going to do with that? He didn't create the sun, the moon, and the stars to the fourth day. When he said, let there be light, he separated natural light. I mean, spiritual darkness and spiritual light. He brought spiritual light on the scene. He brought life. Amen. Study it. And I don't know how much y'all been taught on creation. I not know people come here. I've taught them. It wasn't no six natural days. It wasn't six of our days. It was six of God's days, which is a thousand years. So every day in that creation was a period of one thousand years. Read your Bibles. Got your Bible right there, Brother Michael. Look at Genesis, the second chapter. I think it's the fourth verse. What does it say? These are the generations of the heavens and of the earth where they were created. Right there. These were the generations. A generation has appeared 30 to 40 years. So the Bible said these are the generations. Of the heavens and the earth when they were created, in the day, I believe it goes on and says, and in the day when God created them, is that what it says? Uh, in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Right. So it wasn't six of our days. The Bible says one day with the Lords of the thousand years and the thousand years one day. All right, y'all. Y'all think God done this in six of our days? God created man on the sixth day. Brought all the animals to Adam, and he named them. Couldn't find a suitable helpmate for him. So he put Adam in a deep sleep, opened him up, took out his rib, created woman, brought her to him, and all that happened in 12 hours of daylight. Even if if it was 24 hours, ain't no... Physical way, you could do all that in 24 hours. So, the generations. He didn't say generation. He said generations. In the day that God created the heaven and the earth. Generations. And a generation, the dictionary will tell you generations, 30 to 40 years. So it took God 6,000 of our years to do all this. See, time don't matter to God. We the one try to keep God on the timetable. God's eternal. You don't put God on a time clock. He don't care. I was reading sometimes, Lord wake me up three or four mornings in a row at like 2.33 o'clock. I probably won't sleep three hours. And then I realize it don't matter to God how much I sleep. (laughs) He don't care how tired my physical body is. All He cares when He moves on me to get up and pray, I get up and pray and begin to seek His face. That's all He cares about. Amen. So, when God created, He drove spiritual darkness back and brought forth life and light. Amen. He brought forth life and light. Hallelujah. Man, I feel the Spirit of the Lord. Just give y'all something to study. Go study. And see what all God done. Every day. Period of a thousand years. And He tells you everything He done in that period of a thousand years. And then the seventh day, God rested. God didn't do nothing after that six days. Seventh day God rests. Where did he rest? Right here in man. And the Bible said, and God sanctified the seventh day forever as a day of rest. A day that his works were completed. Now, man's days were not counted till he sinned. So we know Adam was created the sixth day. Eve was created the sixth day. Let's just say 500 years in the day God created Eve. So for... 500 years on the sixth day and 1,000 on the seventh day, they were together. And we don't know how many years after that that they lived together, they didn't sin. God's commandment to them, I don't know why I'm going here, but praise God, it's good anyhow. what, What was God's commandment to Adam and Eve when He created them, do you know? Be fruitful and multiply. So, we don't read where Adam and Eve had any kids until after they sinned. So, y'all think they were together 1,500 years and they didn't have no kids? (laughs) Brother Matt, where are you going with this? All right, if they didn't have any kids till after they sinned, Cain grew up, he killed Abel, and then God drove him out of the presence, where'd Cain's wife come from? They had sons and daughters before the sin, before the sin and they populated the earth. And their son, But see, everything that was created then was in the image of God. Everything that was created then was in the image of God. And them angels you read about, in Genesis 4, where it said, And the angels are, are the sons of God, saw that the daughters of men were fair, and came down and went in unto them. Them are not angels. Them are sons Adam and Eve born. Because they were sons of God. Angels ain't sons of God. Angels ain't sons of God. Boy, I done messed y'all up bad, ain't I? <laughs> angels ain't sons of God. They're created beings. Sons of God are birthed and brought forth. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> but see, they couldn't go in under the daughters of men until after sin come in. Because everything was created. And, and until you get on over there to where Seth was born, I'm just giving you something to study. Like I said, I don't care whether you believe it or not. It don't matter to me. I'm not here to make you believe something. I'm just here to give you the word, how God's revealed it to me. And when Seth was born and he came forth, the Bible said Adam had a son in his own image. So they quit being the 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 spirit of God that was in them after they sinned. It started tapering off until Adam brought forth a son in his own image, in his own likeness, and there was no more the image of God. There was no more about everything they had while they walked with God, while they was in that garden, maybe 1500 years. Who knows? They may have lived a million and a half years. We don't know how long they lived at that seventh day till sin happened because there ain't no record of time. You say, Brother Matt, are you crazy? That's all right. Leave me alone. I'm happy. And God tells me things. God talks to me. God shows me things. Because when Cain went out and married, there was people out there, and he established his own city. They had to come from somewhere. They had to come from somewhere. Something had to bring them on the face of the earth. Well, (laughs) don't you love the Lord? So you can grow in God. Some of us old dogs can learn new tricks. And you can't let God teach you things. But my point in saying all that was, God sanctified the seventh day forever. And he rested in man in the measure and fullness of his spirit that he could rest in man on that seventh day. Well, it's been almost coming to that seventh day since man sinned. We're fixing to come to that seventh day, or that 7,000 year, which is a day of rest. That man, when we reach that beginning of that 7,000 year, the fullness of God has got to rest in man again. God's got to prepare him a place to rest because he sanctified the seventh day forever. And that's what God's doing now. He's not going to rest in one man like he did in Jesus, but he's fixing to rest in his body all over the world. He's bringing us together. Bringing his body together. God spoke right here uh, two or three different times before we left his church. said, I'm bringing the body of Christ together all over the world. All over the world. I'm bringing it together. It, it, it don't matter who it is. It don't matter what race, what creed, what color, what nationality. God created all men and made them one blood by the blood of the Lamb brought them together as one nation by the blood of the Lamb all men are created equal they're all just alike let me tell you something you get in a car wreck need a kidney they don't label the kidneys black white red yellow this race that race it's just a kidney it's just a heart and when they put it in you and you gonna die without it you be glad to get it amen why we all may have different skin color and different cultures I. But we're all created the same on the inside, and we all have the same blood. Uh, amen. And Jesus Christ shed his blood uh, to make us all one nation under God. Uh, and that's what we are. And God's bringing it together uh, in one mind, in one accord, one spirit, one heart. Uh, hallelujah to win uh, souls all over this world. We we are now going forward. I'm telling you, we now going forward. Hallelujah! etswa Glory to beato. Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. Glory be to the Lamala Verota, spiriti etcheviista, manstea reisia kotei kiki kokoran. For even I, the Lord, speak to thee, my children, and I would have thee to know that one more time I step on the precipice of the earth, and I look down, and I see that darkness Yea, is one more time trying to cover the earth, and the spirits, and the sin, and the hatred, and the anger, and the bitterness that dwells in man's heart is one more time trying to clothe the earth in darkness. But even as I, the Lord, spoke in the beginning, and I said, "Let there be light," I speak this day, and I say one. One more time, Uh, let there be light. Uh, and I drive back uh, the darkness of sin and evil uh, and perversion uh, as I commanded the light uh, in the beginning to shine out of darkness. uh, I command the glorious gospel uh, of my holy child Jesus uh, to shine out of thee. uh, Yea, I illuminate thee. I impregnate thee. uh, I cause my light to be put in thee. uh, And I send thee forth uh, It is time for the light uh, of Christ uh, to shine out of thee. For this is the day of a change. This is the day that I, the Lord, from the foundation of the world, has ordered deliverance. For I, the Lord, am bringing together a body that I can dwell in and move through, and commission my word and my healing and my deliverance and my miracles. It shall come to pass as ye take hold of this word and believe. And know that my spirit does go before thee. Even even as I brought my children out of bondage in Egypt. And I led them forth. I spake to my servant Moses. And I said, even my angel. Does go before them and drive back their enemies. Even the angel of the Lord. That brings forth this light. he, He shall go before thee. And. He shall drive back thy enemies. He shall drive back the forces of darkness. Yea, you shall see that I, God, move. Yea, in thy behalf I fight for thee. I stand up for thee. Believe my word. Keep my word. Yea, obey my voice and go forward. Yea, as I order thy steps and direct thy paths, look not at the situation. Look not at the circumstance. Look not, yea, what I, God, I, have allowed to happen, but believe, uh, and I will drive back to darkness. For this is a day of great visitation and a day of great deliverance. And even as i have spoken to my servant Joshua to go forth, yea, into battle, and lead Israel into battle, and the sun began to go down, And I spoke unto Joshua, and he spoke to the children of Israel openly and in plain sight, Son stand thou still upon Gibeon moon stand thou still in the valley of Agilon and I stayed the darkness from coming in and it hastened the sun hastened not to go down for a whole day Yea, even if ye shall seek me and cry out to me and ye need my hand to move I shall stay the darkness I shall even as I did for Joshua I shall stay the darkness and allow thee to be given the light and the life that shall even bring my wrath and my vengeance upon the enemy. Yea, believe my word arise, for yea it is written in my word that the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth, could not comprehend the light, but in my holy child Jesus when I sent him forth, great light sprung up. Is it not written in my word that they, uh, that said in the land of Zebuli and Nephilim, uh, and they said in the region and valley and shadow of death, uh, but I cause great light to spring up, uh, this day I cause great light. I cause great uh, miracles and healings and deliverance. uh, And I bring forth life and peace and joy. uh, Yea, I drive back the enemy. uh, I dispel darkness uh, for the word uh, that she reads states uh, that even as I the Lord commanded uh, the light to shine out of darkness, even so now uh, do I command the very light uh, of the glorious gospel of my holy child uh, Jesus. Jesus, who became the Christ, to shine forth in thy face and out of thy life. For in him is light, and that light is the life of men. Believe now. Take my word. Believe the working of my spirit, and know that I have said to you that my Coming, yea, not my coming in the heavens, but my coming and the revealing of myself in the Spirit shall come unto thee as the morning. The morning is the driving back and dispelling of darkness. So knowest I, as I leave this meeting... For the instructions in this meeting, the working of my spirit and the direction was to give thee leadership that you would go forth in from the time this meeting ends. So my direction is to go forward. My direction is for you to know that the darkness is lifting. You've been in the night but the darkness is lifting. You're entering into a dawning of a new day. And I said I would come unto you as the morning. As the rain. As the former and latter rain unto the earth. That they, To them that follow on to know me. Follow on to know me my children. Follow on to know me and let my spirit come to thee. It will come as the rain. And then it will come as the former rain. And then I shall cause thee to go into the latter rain. But as the moving of my spirit moves and comes down as the rain, and then I take thee into the former rain and reestablish the foundation that I built the church on. And I cause holy apostles and prophets and evangelists, pastors and teachers According to my word and my spirit and my will to step forth and I restore the government. I restore the gifts and the anointings that are placed in the early church. I restore leadership. And I will bear witness to this leadership. With signs and wonders and miracles and diverse gifts of the Holy Ghost. And then I shall take thee from there. And I shall begin to take thee into the former reign into the fullness of my spirit. ye shall walk for a season in the rain. Then ye shall enter into a season of the ministry of the Son of Man that you shall minister as my holy child Jesus did when he walked this earth. But then there will be a time when that season closes that I will take the end of the season of the manifested sons of God which is the anointing of the resurrected Christ in the fullness. No man has ever ministered on this earth in the power of the resurrected Christ or the fullness of the Godhead dwelling bodily. No man has ever ministered, for there must be a change and a transformation, for this will be the inheritance of the kingdom, and flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. So prepare to go forward. Prepare to have visitations of the rain that shall be as the revival of Wales, shall be as the healing revival, shall be as Azusa Street, shall be as the great visitation that some of you were raised in. But then I shall take thee into the ministry of the Son of Man, where the very works of my holy child Jesus the man was wrought as he walked this earth. But then I shall take thee into a visitation no one, has ever walked in. And you shall walk in the fullness of the Christ. You shall walk in that dominion and that authority of the kingdom and the glory of the resurrected Christ shall be revealed. For the sufferings of this present time are not worthy with a glory which shall be revealed in you. Be not discouraged. Doubt not. Draw not back. But press thy way forward into the working of my spirit. And you shall see my power and my glory revealed. For I've chosen some of ye witnesses. I've chosen ye witnesses from the foundation of the world. Yea, before you were born, before I put you in your mother's womb, before I ordained you to come forth, you were chosen to be witnesses unto me. And I shall bring thee forth, and I shall minister, yea, in the anointing that I have chosen, saith God. For you will not go above and beyond my will. It shall be my season, my time, and it shall be my time and my will to move and reveal in thee what I'm revealing. Draw not back. Be not afraid. Be not ashamed, for my people have been ashamed, because the glory has left my chosen because of the sin, because the doctrine, yea that I spoke and I put in the church on the day of Pentecost, has been diluted and polluted, and I've withdrawn my hand, but now I restore now I restore pure doctrine. I restore the working of my spirit. I restore the moving of my spirit that's at government and leadership in order. At the day of Pentecost, it comes back in. Prepare. Get ready. Allow my spirit to order thy steps and direct thy paths. And as ye go forth according to my will, I will be with thee. And I shall reveal myself to thee in a way thou'st never known. For even I spoke in my word and said that I would do new things, for ye not to remember or consider the days of old. But even at that, some exalted their self and said that they knew the work of my hands. But then I revealed myself and said, I, at a certain season in this restoration, will create new things. That no eye has seen, that no ear has heard, neither has entered into the heart of man. I, God, shall have a season that I will begin to create new things and bring them forth. At that time, things that have never been done before, words that have never been spoken, shall be created and brought forth, so that I cannot say that I saw them, I heard them, I didn't know them. For I, God, will move and take thee into a place no man has ever walked. The way into the Holy of Holies has been made. My holy child Jesus is the forerunner. He's the only one to ever enter enter behind the veil in this New Testament because he is now your high priest. He has entered behind the veil. He is the forerunner. And it is my will that you walk behind the veil into the fullness of my glory and my spirit. Believe and doubt not. Yea, and you shall see great visitation, great revival, great miracles, great deliverance. For have I not the Lord given many dreams about this church? Have I not showed people in times past this church? Being packed to capacity, people standing in the yard to the road, up and down the highway. Have I not shown vessels in this church, great miracles of healing and deliverance that would happen by this coming forth of the Spirit of the Son of Man and the manifested sons of God? Doubt not. But know that I, God, have a time and a season to fulfill all things. And my season is dawning upon you that I shall begin to fulfill my word and the promises that I made when I ordained this church to be set. Believe and doubt not. Believe the leadership that I've put here. Work with it. Labor with it. Support it. Follow after it. And follow forth in the gifts and the anointing that i placed in thy life. And ye shall see my hand move. For I, the Lord, have spoken. None can stop. None can hinder. And nothing can reverse what I've set in motion for my word and my will. For this church and this people at this time. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm gonna tell you something. If you don't think we're going somewhere, just look back where we've been. We've been in a fight. We've been in a warfare. We've been in a struggle. We coming out. I'm telling you, said I saw that this morning. The Lord woke me up at two thirty, and He spoke to me. He said, "One more time." He said, "I'm gonna step down. I'm gonna drive back darkness." He said, "I'm gonna drive back darkness." Because right now, our nation and the the earth is enveloped in darkness. People are full of hatred. They're full of strife. They're full of murder. They're full of envy. You just look at our nation, where it's degraded to in the last 30 to 40 years. I mean, people are so full of hatred and bitterness that police officers are targets on our streets. That's sad. That, that I mean, that's pathetic. I remember the Lord speaking in this church, and, and I think it was in 2013, the Lord spoke and said that sicknesses and diseases that we had never seen were fixing to come forth. Sickness and disease that man thought he had eradicated, like measles and smallpox and things like that was fixing to make a comeback. And the Lord even spoke and said the black plague or the bubonic plague, I believe is what he said, that killed so many people in the dark ages, I believe it was around 12, 1,300 people died by the literal thousands upon thousands upon thousands, and they couldn't find out what was causing it. And they finally found out it was rats. And, I, I, and on the news, I heard a report a month or so ago that the homeless population is so bad in Los Angeles and San Francisco that rats, what caused this bubonic plague years ago, are, are getting turned loose and they can't stop them. You think God ain't going to fulfill His work? There ain't no reason for a nation like America to be in such chaos and disarray. There ain't no reason for this kind of poverty... And people to be bound like this with drugs and... It ain't just... I mean, we got people that mentally can't take care of themselves, And the way you going to help them is by the Spirit of God. You ain't going to help them no other way. You can feed them, clothe them, shelter them, do your best to help them, but if they're going to be delivered, it's going to be the Spirit of God. Ain't going to be nothing else. 25% to 30% of our nation right now is taking depression or anxiety drugs. There's 300 million people plus in this nation. 10% would be 30 million. 20% would be 60 million. Another 5% would be another 15 million. So there's about 70 something million people right now in our nation alone bound with depression, taking anxiety drugs. And it's all because this nation is turned from a true and a living God. These things don't come on a nation that walks with God. God, God has blessed this nation. But I'm gonna tell you something, things we see ain't the blessings of God. And that's because people have turned away. They, they, they found the God of their imagination that they want to serve and that's what they serve. People don't serve true and living God anymore. I mean, you got churches. Run 15, 20, 25,000 people. If we had that kind of churches everywhere and people were really praying and seeking God and crying out to God, we wouldn't have all this mess going on in our nation. We wouldn't have all this chaos in our government. But I remember God spoke back in April. He said, He spoke in 2017 at your house. He said, I'm going to begin to turn things upside down. And then in April 25th of this year, he spoke, we went to Thomaston for that three days of prayer. Spirit of the Lord fell on me, and God said, this is the beginning of the turning of things upside down. He said, I'm going to turn government upside down. I'm going to turn nation upside down. He said, I'm fixing to turn churches and ministries upside down. And I'm going to tell you something. There, there are churches that are going through storms right now. Pastors are going through storms. Ministries are going through storms. I know a, past, a man pastor in the church, and... Everything was going good. Next thing he knew, the deacon board come in that Sunday morning, had a brand new pastor, brought him in, introduced him to the pastor, said, this is the new pastor. You're going to sit down. Took all the leadership in the church and set it down and told the new pastor coming in that the old pastor was going to stay and work with him, help him get familiar with the people. And the new pastor was standing there, and the old pastor looked at him and said, ain't nobody told me nothing. <laughs> and it ain't just happening here. It's happening everywhere. Preacher being pushed out of the pulpit. There ain't nowhere in the Bible that a carnal-minded deacon board was ever ordained to govern spiritual matters of the church. It's wrong. I don't care where you go to church. I don't care how you got it set up. It's wrong. Now, I'm going to tell you something. In our corporation, which we founded back, I think we got our letter in 84, y'all don't change pastors. We change congregations. <laughs> Because I ain't labored 47 years for somebody somebody come in and vote me out. Now I got a, an advisory board of different ministers that if I step outside the word, they can come together, and if I've done wrong, they can they can get together with a, boy, a board of trustees and they say look, and they can put me out. But you ain't just gonna come in this church and put Brother Michael out or put me out because you get your feelings hurt. It ain't happening. We've labored too hard. we fasted and prayed too much and preached the Word too straight. And we're going to fight for the faith. I appreciate this Word today. I'm not going to go beyond what God spoke. I'm not going to try. This is what come to me at 2.30 this morning. And I sat there in the chair in the living room for about an hour and a half and went over the Word and over the Word. And I saw myself pick that spear up and prophesy with it. And I ain't never done that before. I ain't never prophesied with that spear in my hand. That's what I saw this morning at about 3.00. 3330, I spoke the word of the Lord, that spirit in my hand. Brother Matter, I, I don't care whether you agree with it or not. I don't need your approval to do what God tells me. Amen? Because I'm going to obey God regardless. But we've entered a new day. You've entered a new day. God's going to turn things in this church. You mark my words. God's going to turn things in America. We are headed into revivals. We are headed into great deliverance. We're headed into God saving your loved ones. All y'all's loved ones, we're headed into God saving your loved ones, bringing salvation to your home, visiting, because we have entered into a book of Acts. We've entered into a book of Acts move with the Holy Ghost. Amen. And I'm going to take a few moments here and receive the offering. And I'm not going to say anything else, because I know I brought out about the Gideon's 300, but I'm going to give you a letter to put back here on the bulletin board so people will know about it. But in 96, the Lord told me there'd be 300 people that would help me with $100 a month to send this word throughout the earth. And I tried to get it going then. I had to pull back. The Lord spoke to me. He said, It wasn't for then, it's for now. He said, Ministry's fixing to explode. And the Lord told me to refer to these 300 as Gideon's 300. Now, this goes above. You tithe and offerings, but I had I had uh, one person that wanted to help me. One time, she said, "Well, matter I don't really have the money," so she got with two or three other people and started supporting the ministry. Next thing you know, God turned things. She had the money supported on her own. When you get behind the word that helps people, that brings healing and deliverance and peace to your home and starts restoring you back to the gift and the anointing of God in your life. Get behind it. Get behind it. I had some good friends of mine who used to live up in Tennessee and they had to move to South Alabama to take care of his dad and they didn't have nowhere else to go to church so they started going to a little denominational church or just a little country church. And she said about every three or four months. You know, they had a congregation about a hundred or so. Said about every three or four months. She got, after she was there for a while, they drafted her into helping with the bookkeeping. And said about every three or four months, they go put fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars dollars in the bank and just let it sit there. Said that little old church probably had over a million dollars sitting in the bank. I know, I know churches got Money on top of money on top of money. And people, missionaries, people willing to go live in foreign countries. They can't get the support. I'm talking about right there in the church. They can't get the support. Where do you think these Baptist hospitals, these Methodist hospitals, where you all think these come from? These churches put their money in them to make money. God ain't giving you to make money, money to make money. God's giving you money to win souls, to invest in the souls of men. I'm not going to invest in something to make money. I'm old. Cast my bread on many waters. If you'll help me. The Bible said, He that winneth souls is wise. Well, Brother Mentor, I just don't like the way you do things. Well, forget about how I do things and just know I'm a soul winner. (laughs) And pick out somebody you do like and maybe I'll wear a mask next time I come in. That where you can like me and get behind the giving so God can bless you. Do you love the Lord? You appreciate this word today. Get the words that's been spoken in this meeting. Get the word God spoke today. I'm going to have to go back and listen to it. I don't know what God spoke. All I know is the Lord told me this morning. He said, I'm going to drive back darkness. He said, just as I drove back darkness in the beginning. He said, I'm driving back spiritual darkness one more time. We feel we're going to have light. And that light's going to be the glorious gospel of Christ. This gospel of the kingdom is going to help people because it brings deliverance. Wherever the apostles preached it, it brought deliverance. When Philip went down to Samaria and preached Christ to them, the whole city turned out. Had great miracles. Unclean spirits with loud voices cried out of people. And they said when they saw and heard the things which Philip spake pertaining or concerning the kingdom of God. They got behind it. They got behind it. Get behind this. If God's done something for you in this meeting, don't take what God's done for you and run off somewhere else. Get behind this word. Get under this word. Ask God to lead you forward. I know uh, Brother Donald right here, y'all know he used to go here. And then when we went to J, of course they were closer to L.A.J., they used to drive an hour and a half on Saturday night, drive home, and then drive back an hour and a half on Sunday to be here. But now they're with me up in LJ. They've been a great strength to us. Great blessing, spiritually and financially. But my son, we had to go check on Mama the other morning. My son ministered to him. And he said, Boy, I'll tell you one thing. He said, That boy of yours dropped a word on me. He said, man, I'm going over that and going over it and going over it. I said, well, I said, I'm going to go back and listen to the tape. And I said, and I'm going to write it down. I said, if I don't see something pretty quick, I said, I'm going to be growling at you. If I don't see something after I start growling at you, I'm going to start nipping at your heels. And I said, if that don't do the job, I said, I'll start taking little bites. And I said, if I don't get it done, I can bite it hard. It's time to be up and about the Father's business, is it not? It's time to let people know there's a God that loves them. And by His name, Jesus, He'll lead them and deliver them, change their life, put peace and order back in their home. See, Jesus came preaching the gospel of peace. This kingdom is a gospel of peace. Amen. So, if you don't like me, Just make your check to Word of Faith, W-O-F, Word of Faith. Don't worry about me. Just help us win souls. I'm not asking you for me. I could stand here and take a love offering, and I could tell y'all, make it out to Word of Faith. And if I told y'all it was a love offering, it was for me, Brother Michael would... Write me the check, but I'm not going to do that. I want you to support this church, and I want you to support this ministry. Because God's going to take care of me. God told me in 2015 when we left here and he sent us to L.I.J., a lot of y'all know my dad had a locksmith business for years, and he died in 04. And I just took it over to kind of help pay the bills in ministry because we are here at the church. Things are tough. But... When we went to LAJ in 2015, God said, you shut everything down. You don't do nothing He said, give yourself continually to prayer and ministry of the Word. And I'm going to tell you, we went through some hard times. We went through some real hard times. Financially, but God always came through for us. Amen. If you don't know what it's like to live by faith, try it. Believe God to pay your mortgage, your car payment, your light bill, your water bill, and put food on your table without you putting your hand to do anything. Do what? Yeah, plus keep the church afloat and pay all the bills at the church. I'm not afraid of financial responsibility. It's just Linda, when the Lord put me off the evangelistic field in 99, before he told me to come here, I was under a load of 250 $300 a day to keep the evangelistic ministry going. We had grown that big. And that's a big responsibility. But while I was out there on the evangelistic field, the Lord was moving for us. We was having good revivals, some some of them big revivals. But I was raising ten to $15,000 a month to keep the ministry afloat and just be able to go town to town. wasn't going in my pocket. But God did bless me to take care of my family, and that's all I ask Him. I just want to take care of my family. And I believe God honored that. But He did help us. You don't think it takes money? If there's any tent evangelist out there now, go talk to them, ask them what it takes to set up a meeting. See, I wasn't a pastor evangelist. I was out there didn't have a church backing me. Mean, most most people go in tent meetings, they got a church backing them. They pastor evangelists. I didn't have anybody backing me except him. <laughs> And he'd tell me he'd go somewhere, there wasn't nobody to back the meeting, I'd go. Lord spoke to me one day, said go to Covington, Tennessee. I said, where's that? Hadn't ever been there, didn't know nothing about it. It's down below Memphis. I said, people working with me, they got a lot. When I pulled into town, put the tent up, and I met some folks, they said, there ain't been a tent here in 20 years. I said, well, does she want one here now? Opened up, had almost 90 people. First night, and it grew from there. Because God sent me. When you go by the direction, inspiration of the Holy Ghost, God's going to do it. Amen. Will y'all do your very best? I know we've been in meeting all week. I know some of y'all gave. You know, there used to be an old saying, Well, brother, I'll give. what I like. go ahead and give till it hurts. Sometimes giving is a sacrifice. But it's well worth it. Amen. It's well worth it. I appreciate the Lord speaking to us today. Y'all need to take this prophecy and hold on to it and believe it. And tell God you're expecting it. Is that alright? Because see, when God speaks like this, I tell Him, God, I believe it. Now I'm expecting it. I'm expecting something to happen. I'm expecting you change things. 47 years, He ain't failed me. He ain't going to. Will you stand in reverence the Lord? Okay, Brother Michael forgot to take the tithe for the church. I told him go ahead and take it before I got out here. I do not want to hurt the church. So the tithe is what, over on the... It's over on the...